22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. You know what? There's nothing that says more that I'm Puerto Rican than sitting next to a black man, a white girl, a Dominican while wearing a Captain America t-shirt. This sounds like you have a sad life. (laughs) Very, very sad. (laughs) Well, sitting next to you guys, what does that say about my life? Okay, guys. You have a sad life. Shut up. <laughs> Happy Puerto Rican Day Parade. Welcome to another geek-checking, chop-busting episode of, meanwhile, 22 pages later, episode 60. Yes, 60. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And as always, I'm here with a man who can remain humble for a whopping 25 seconds. MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. I'm too great to remain humble very long. <laughs> you know what else sucks about being a slave? The hours. What? <laughs> I'm gonna guess a Futurama, right? Yeah. Always Futurama. Yeah. Always Futurama. <laughs> and and with us as with us as always is the man who messes up during the show and then fixes it in editing to make the rest of us sound like morons. The master of sound, RT Square, we're off the tech. Where do you get the coconuts from? Coconuts. <laughs> What's that from? Mike would know. I just thought it was his head, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! All right, all right. It's well, uh, Monty Python. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Well, first off, I want to apologize. He's not cool enough for Monty Python. Stop, no, stop. he's not. Oh, by the way, did you guys go see that? Yeah. Yeah. How was it? It was. It was always great. It was yeah. good. It's Monty Python uh, and the Holy Grail for all those out there that know and love that film. I still have yet to see the entire thing. Loser. Well, I'm, I'm going to watch it at some point. You know, I have a lot of idle time in August. Yeah, and then we're going to hear about all the stuff he didn't do. Oh, I was busy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> First off, I want to apologize for the delay. We usually, you know, we do our top-rated podcast every two weeks, but, you know, things come up and, you know. Yeah, the cap had to get a prostate exam. Wow. <laughs> Yo, what is up with you and my ass? Really? Well, literally. <laughs> I guess we'll find out from the prostate exam. <laughs> Speaking of find out, <laughs> let's let's not even wait. Um Let's go into our normal routine and let the darkest man in the room give us the lowdown on numerous geek stuff. Let's go to the quick news. And now. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? I'm not the darkest man in this room, oddly enough. Well, actually, that's not why I stopped the podcast. Um, I don't know. I just, I had to stop for a second. Um, for the past few weeks, you know, I mean, we had a, we had a week off. You know, we had an extra week to kind of get the show ready. And I was talking to Gigi, and Gigi was telling me so politely, you know, for the quick news, Mike takes a very long time, motherfucker. I, actually, I don't. It's the interruptions that take a long no, time. No, no, like, no. Like, for instance, this one. <laughs> no, no, but, but think about it. Last time, the quick news was how long, Ralph? About, like, about half an hour? No, it was about Close 20 minutes. That, yeah, yeah 20 minutes, half an hour. So Gigi brought up a point, and, you know, we've, we've really been living a lot. We've been living a line. We're like, you know what? It's not the quick news. Mike, you, you, you do great stuff and you give a lot of in-depth stuff, but we can't call it the quick news anymore. So, you know, I was sitting in bed um, last night and I was thinking of ways that we can kind of rename the podcast. He was thinking, he was sitting in bed thinking of things that were quick. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, this must be my segment. <laughs> but, you know, I just had a couple of ideas. You know, just to change that I means is, is just a suggestion, just something to think about. Uh-huh. So the first thing I thought about was, if we're going to talk about a news program, we should make it a little bit more official. So let's try this first one that I was thinking about. And now for another lengthy edition of the Nerd Street Journal with the man who can go on and on and on and on, Mike the Finance Guy. So we could try that. We could do that one. 
Or, or I could have just started the quick news about half an hour ago. <laughs> no, 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 because I have to get this off my chest because I really feel like we need to rename this thing. Well, actually, it would be quicker if we uh, actually did it every two weeks, but then when I have three weeks of news to toss in here, well, and know. we all know who makes us go three weeks. <clears throat> hey, the show can go on without me. You guys just choose not to. That's okay. Well, yeah, it would be well, better well, show. Any, we don't want people getting used to a better show. Oh, wow. But I'm just saying that if, when we do have longer quick news, we need to call it something else. So I said, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't do the whole Nerd Street Journal thing. Maybe we can do something a little bit more to the point. What's that? It's the quick news. No, Ralph. He's born. No, Ralph. He's stupid. Just Mike. Thank God. Oh, Mike. Oh, Mike. There he is. All right. All right. <laughs> so we wanted to do quick, but I said, you know what? No, that has no personality. And I think if we're going to do something of your caliber of a segment, we need something with some, some you know, some personality. Hey there, you know what time it is. It's time to get your stroke on with Mike's BBC News. <laughs> and by BBC, we mean Mike's brilliant bi-monthly chat. Now, here's MFG. Just something to think about, I don't know. <laughs> where, did you, where did you record that, at a meth clinic? <laughs> <laughs> How do you think I got my voice so low? <laughs> Matt does that to you. <laughs> so, Mike, go on with the quick news. Just a thought. Just a thought. All right. Well, let's just see how fast we go through this quick news. <laughs> All right. For a movie about Eastern mysticism, there are an awful lot of white people getting parts. What? It's possible that the upcoming Doctor Strange movie, uh, that the character of the Ancient One might be getting a pair of tits. Oscar winner Tilda Swinton is supposedly on Marvel's uh, radar to play the master of the mystic arts mentor, who is normally an old Tibetan man. Other actors had previously been named for the role, like Morgan Freeman, Bill Nighy, and even, <gasps> gasp, Asian actor Ken Watanabe, but we don't know where this is going. <laughs> so, so they would rather put a female in the role? A as female well. white woman instead of an Asian, Asian man. Which it's written for. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, okay, I mean... Interesting. Um, it's a leg up for women, I guess, right? I suppose. I, I, I guess. Maybe DC's in charge of, of the Marvel Marvel movies now. I don't know. <laughs> Getting <laughs> consulting tips from them. <laughs> what else you got? All right. Putting diversity onto the small screen. Uh, Marvel Television will feature Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Ms. Marvel, in Season 3 Avengers Assemble, which has also been retitled Avengers Ultron Revolution. The Muslim and Pakistani-American superhero has become a comic book fan favorite since her debut in 2013's Captain Marvel number 14 and now stars in her own critically acclaimed solo series. Okay, so have you guys picked up Ms. Marvel since um, they changed it to Kamala Khan? I, I've read like the first three. I mean, it didn't get too much into the meat of the story, so I can't say how the actual thing was evolving, but it was, it was nicely written, though. It, it's, I don't know. I, I find it cute. I just, yeah, it's not meant to be hard-edged. It's not meant to be like, you know... It's, it's meant for younger audiences, but it's not, like, kitty-written. But it's not meant yeah. to be, like, you know, end-of-the-world stuff. And what are her... Go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I just, I just saw the cover. You just saw the cover? You haven't, you haven't read it? No, no. I just saw the cover. Um, um, and what are her powers? Like, she, like she's, like, elastic? She, kind she, of, she's like an she, inhuman, right? Um, I suppose that she... Well, yeah, she has to because it was the mist that changed her. But um, she, she's got some kind of, like, shape-shifting, but, like body morphism type yeah. thing which like she gets bigger like sort of like giant man but she also has strength with it goes but like it's time. not just getting bigger like she she can like distort parts of her body yeah so like the fist could be really huge to make a strong fist something along that line i don't know what else has changed i don't know if she has any kind of energy projection or anything like I, that no, no no she doesn't yeah oh, okay i mean i i'm i'm definitely glad that marvel gave somebody else a chance 
and I'm glad it's lasting a little bit longer than normal. Yeah. We talked about like when they try to replace Thunderbird with somebody of like Pakistani or Indian descent. I can't remember where he was from. But and that didn't work out very well. Oh right, right, yeah. Well it's just it's again it's one of those things of I'm it's nice to see the diversity and whatnot. But why did you call her Ms. Marvel? I mean, granted, in the comic, they explain she gets permission, you know, from Carol Danvers to take the name. But it's just like, yes, great. You have a Muslim Pakistani teenager. Give her her own identity. You know, it, it, it's nice, but you could have just made a new character but, altogether. But do you think the part of it, and I don't even want to get too deep into the because I make the quick news longer, but could, is the, See? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but but is, isn't it the idea of if you give the fans who might not give a different culture or a different um, person a chance, put it under a f- character that they know really well, it might draw in more readers and then they'll be, be able to like it if it's well written? Not if the character isn't good. I mean, in other words, if, if you're looking for Ms. Marvel... And it's not Ms. Marvel. If you don't really give it a chance anyway, you're just going to go, it's not the character. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but, but also, I mean, if you... It would be like if Superman, like the Adventure of Superman, and it's just about a librarian that like catalogs books. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, people, everyone will pick up the first issue, but then they're going to go, that's not Superman. Sounds like we're talking about the Fantastic Four. But <laughs> what else you got there, Mike? Alrighty. I don't know how anyone keeps trying to... To put a spin on this, and I don't care how they put a spin on this petty nonsense, but here we go again. Marvel withdrew its X-Men and Fantastic Four licenses from XM Studio in mid-sculpting. But I'm so sure this has nothing to do with the publisher's ongoing dispute with Fox. From XM's Facebook page, XM is, uh, they sculpt like a lot of the dioramas and whatnot for the superheroes, uh, you know, if they're contracted. Uh, Their Facebook page has, quote, folks... It's been a sad day for us. Due to reasons that we aren't at liberty to disclose, we've been asked to put a stop to all X-Men characters for now, end quote. Wow. And it's funny. Remember the article I put on the site? Yeah. About, you know, how they're saying, well, it's just a, it's, it's a coincidence and it's a numbers thing. Why they? Well, that was an opinion th- piece, though. It wasn't from Marvel. Yeah, no, like no, that. I know. Yeah. But I'm saying is like for that person to say that and then now we're. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's definitely more. I mean, yes, I can't guarantee there is something about the money, but there's more to it than this. It is just a lot of BS in that. Okay. Um. I guess we're still going to have to find out. Yeah. All right. Next up. WWE's Stardust might get to fondle Stephen Amell's shaft. I've been waiting for (laughs) (laughs) And this. And this is a shout out to For Life Podcast. I'm surprised you guys did not talk about this yet. Please, Mike, break the news. All right. Following a dispute at Memorial Day's Monday Night Raw, it's rumored that this year's SummerSlam would feature a face-off between Stardust, a.k.a. Cody Rhodes, and Stephen Amell. Amell tweeted, quote, Lots of rumors circulated that I'm fighting Stardust at uh, SummerSlam. Not true. Cody wants no piece of me, end quote. In response, Rhodes tweeted, quote, No, Stephen. Cody doesn't. I don't want Stephen. There must be someone else. Something else. SummerSlam. Hashtag. <laughs> end quote. Now, it looks like the arrow has been called out. <laughs> I, I love this angle to give you non-wrestling fans an idea of what's going on. Long story short, Cody Rhodes has taken on this persona of Stardust. And he's kind of separating himself from the Cody Rhodes persona, trying to say this is a totally different character. He's somebody that's brand new and that he's kind of a little off his rocker. Okay. And um, Stephen Amell showed up at the show and he started like, like bothering Stephen Amell getting in his face. So, oh, okay. And he's saying, you, well, you're, not, you're, you're not the vigilante. You're not here to save the city. You failed your city. You know, so okay. almost like believing that Stephen Amell is the arrow. Oh, okay. Cool. So it's the whole fantasy versus reality thing. Right. It, it's really, it's really fun, especially if. If anybody ever, um, I mean, I know we don't try to promote other podcasts, but there was a podcast that had um, um, Cody Rhodes on, and he knows his X-Men and Marvel trivia. He stayed in oh, character, good. or what they call him wrestling, he was kayfabe, meaning he didn't break character. So as Star does, he was talking about how 
you know, I was costumeless like Mr. Sinister, just all these things, and I was like, wow. So just to, to see that comic book nod in wrestling, I always like that stuff. That's just sad that he's a costume that looks like Mr. Sinister. <laughs> well, he's actually a little bit more relevant than Mr. Sinister, so that's a good Everything thing. is more relevant. Even the Kardashians, <laughs> and I despise them. Oh, my God. What did you say, a Caitlyn Jenner thing you have now? <laughs> I, I don't have anything about it. But no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I think you told my transformation, that's all. Go ahead. No. All right, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, I know this. Shit just got real. <laughs> Alrighty. Star Wars nerds uh, and Star Wars fans that have actually had sex with another person already know <laughs> that in canon Star Wars tales now only consists of the six feature films. The Clone Wars and the Star Wars Rebels animated TV series and all books, games, and comics created since August 25th of 2014. Now to this end, anything put as ink to paper in Marvel Comics' current Star Wars comic book series is official lore. So, it'll come as a surprise uh, to anyone that in a series that covers the time between Episode 4, A New Hope, and Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, readers have just been introduced to Sana Solo, Han's wife. Oh yeah, that's right, I saw that. Yeah, let's see how this goes with the fans. Wait, wait, isn't Han supposed to be married to Leia? No, he's not married no, he's to not Leia. not married. This, remember, Episode 4 is the first Star Wars for in the... In reality, not talking about, you know, so this is the first time we ever met Han Solo. Okay. So they're, they're not even liking each other in episode four. Yeah, they don't even really get along. Even though he's hitting on her. And yeah. then, lo and behold, it's now canon because anything that's printed now is canon. And Marvel, obviously, is owned by DC. So they, I mean, have Disney. So obviously, they have ultimate saying what's canon. They're saying that this woman is Han's wife. I, I saw the artwork for that. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Especially when she comes out, I think she I don't like know, she some kind of ship or something like that. Yeah, and she's and I was like, wow. Does she come out like the Platinum Falcon or something? Um, I have no idea what's going and on. And the there. best part is, <laughs> and, and I don't mean to make it about race and culture, but fuck it, I'm gonna do it. She's black, yeah. <laughs> or at least whatever or whatever color that alien race happens to be. So, I was like, yeah, Han, get it. <laughs> so it's not true. Once you go black, you never come back. Because wow, <laughs> why those crazy black chicks? I guess I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Burn down your Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and we apologize to all the crazy black chicks, but you're not listening anyway, so. <laughs> you're too crazy. You're too crazy. <laughs> all right. In yet another occurrence of what I've coined pedocinephilia, which is the act of raping the pleasant childhood memories of beloved films, <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson is in talks with 20th Century Fox to remake the 1986 cult classic Big Trouble in Little China by John Carpenter. Johnson is looking to produce and star in the film as Jack Burton, the role originally and brilliantly portrayed by Kurt Russell. The Rock says he wanted to do this remake because it's one of his favorite movies. It's one of mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> so stop. <laughs> OK, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to play the other side of, the, of this coin. I don't like them remaking it, but if anybody can do um, action and humor, The Rock can do it. You haven't watched Big Trouble in Little China, have you? I love Big Trouble in Little China. So you're imagining th the whole point is, is that. Kurt Russell is just a guy. He's not some massive wall of muscle that's somehow going to become an ineffective hero of the film. That's well, also, it's just it's just visually well, unbelievable. Also, also remember, you know? The Rock hasn't always been big, and The Rock leans down for certain roles. He's leaned down for the Tooth Fairy. He's leaned down for a couple he's of other still films. Huge. No, if what you if, see, look him in the Tooth Fairy. He's, he's lean. Yeah, he's small. What if? Uh, they like CGI him to like a skinny like two. That's too much work. That's just too much work. It's just one of these things. It just does not need to be remade at all. It's There's a great no film. The way it is. But it's a. Oh, it's, oh, why would you remake six, a good film? Sixty episodes. You figured that shit out now. <laughs> why would you remake a good film? <laughs> you know? We can say that about a lot of films. <laughs> yeah. Why remake a good film? <laughs> I, I was just playing to the other side of the point. To make it better. And they never have actually. Oh, okay. As as the um 
the low ratings of the Poltergeist remake just proved. What, Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. I mean, name any re- Psycho when they remade that one. It's Robo one of the Cop. best films in history, and yet somehow it's rated really poorly. Hey, speaking of which, Psycho. You, so you know, you know who was the Psycho in Psycho who played Norman Bates? No. You mean originally or now? The, sec- the the remake of the Psycho. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Really? Yeah. Wow. Young Vince Vaughn. Okay. That wasn't sense. that young. I mean, well, he, was, <laughs> he wasn't doing his comedy thing like that. I no. Mean, he, he wasn't like across. The, like, like we know Vince Vaughn is when he crashes and all that stuff. But oh, okay. Psycho was like. I, I was watching it the other day, and I was like. This one was psycho. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. What else you got there, Mike? All right. Sometimes you need to assume that the movie gods are trying to give you a hint. Uh, for the umpteenth time, Warner Brothers has decided to attempt to pen a live-action feature film of the 1988 Japanese anime classic Akira. Uh, Marco J. Go. Ramirez is the latest hire to the film that shall not be made. Uh, Ramirez has written for Sons of Anarchy and will be the showrunner for Netflix's Daredevil season two. I don't know why they keep trying to make this film live action. I mean, it, it, it's, it's it's good where it is. It's funny because um, somebody made a joke online saying, "Yeah, Akira already made a good live action movie." Um, I can't remember the name of the, the movie. The, the one with the three guys that they became superheroes because they got like hit by lightning or something, and one of them turns bad. Continuum, or or not continuous. It, uh, I didn't see the film, that's why I'm not sure the name. The one with the telepathic powers. Yeah, um, it, Chronicle. The movie, Chronicle, Chronicle yeah. yeah. That's what they said. They said, you know, they already made an Akira live-action movie. It's called Chronicle. It's, yeah. it's based loosely off the same right. kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, also, I just think, by this point, I, they should just do a Netflix miniseries. Like, that would like, be not great. ongoing. That would be great. Because yeah. it, it's a tale that's going to be rough to tell in, like, two, two and a half hours. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but Akira did it. Yeah, but that was also anime, different form. I mean, you know, you're talking about American audiences. I, I just... I don't see them doing a good job. Talking about it. American audiences now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Akira did well in the theaters. I remember seeing it in the theaters with um, this guy who um, he used to work at Equinox, and um, I gotta, yeah. um, Dean. He looked like Dean Kane. Was it Dean Kane? No. Oh, just all, checking. All the girls, all of the girls at the front desk would love this guy. He's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, look at him!" And he was like, he was a big old geek, and he was like, "Um, could we watch Akira?" I was like, "Really?" He was like, "Yeah, let's go watch it." And I've never seen Akira before, and I saw it on the on the big screen. It was incredible. Cool. Right, it's a good cool. film. It's a good film. Definitely. Right, well, um, speaking of Netflix and Daredevil, which I decided to speak of Daredevil. I was about to say, I, I'm in mid-drink. I'm like, well, how, how do you get that fucking segue? Because I wanted you to shut up. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, speaking of Netflix and now Daredevil, uh, who can sleep with your wife, get her preggers, try to kill you, die, come back from the dead and try and kill you again, Bullseye? then die again and still get a cool role years later? The Punisher? Shane, who else? Oh. <laughs> uh, the Walking Dead Shane, a.k.a. John Bernthal, in real life, has been cast as Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher, for Daredevil oh, Season yeah. 2. While it's not been said whether the role will be regular or recurring, reoccurring, excuse me, those in the know say that the character will have a big presence on the series. Uh, Bernthal joins Dolph Lundgren from the 1989 Punisher, Thomas Jane from the 2004, and Ray Stevenson from the 2008 in portraying the iconic uh, vigilante. Fanboys everywhere have gone sterile from repeatedly spanking off to the good news. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the question. All right, um, panel, real quick. Do you think that, um, because if you anybody watched the Daredevil series, they didn't introduce the costume, which would look really cool until the very end, and they made it relevant. Do they introduce Punisher with a, with a skull on his chest, a big old white skull? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, yeah, I mean, it's nothing wrong with the skull. I mean, people wear that enough on the street, because it, it's with him, it's just really like almost like a t-shirt. I mean, in the comics, it really is nothing more than just a T-shirt underneath his trench coat. That's when yeah, we first see yeah. him, stuff like that. Um, you know, then it's kind of like a body armor thing. But I have no problem with that. Because I also, I mean, he's the kind of person that 
as long as it's not neat, it should just literally be like someone took a stencil and spray painted it white. Right. Like, because that's what he would be crazy enough to do. He would be like, I've got this thing. I want to scare the fuck out of somebody. I put a skull on it. Yeah. Because he's crazy enough to do that. You know, and I don't think that we need um, a backstory besides like a quick, like, whenever they meet up and he's just like, well, this is what happened to me. That's it. Yeah. Like, I don't want his retelling. It's everyone who knows him. What well, do you think, Ralph? Well, they're probably going to do, like, how they did with, with Daredevil and, um, and Kingpin. They okay. had, like, maybe, like, one episode was, like, a quick, like, how he got right. there. Yeah. I think that would fine. be enough. Yeah, yeah. that'd be fine. Because, I mean, because he doesn't have an interesting backstory. It's People died. Yeah. I went crazy. <laughs> they killed my wife, so I killed them. And some people, uh, and, uh, and, for uh, those, and for those not in the know, um, people say, oh, what does Daredevil have to do with um, the Punisher? Um, Frank Miller did a great series of Daredevil, and in it he had Punisher face off against Daredevil. Yeah, I, it was a really, really good. I have to actually re. I have to buy that um, that portion of the um, Frank Miller part of, okay, of yeah. Daredevil. So yeah. I, I'm excited, uh, and, and having that actor playing yeah. it, I think it's going to be really. John Bernthal is fantastic. I, I'm looking forward to him. This is like a perfect pick for the Punisher. All right, cool. Anything else there? Yep. Last thing here. Uh, they say it has to happen to everyone, but the opening weeks of June were a busy time for some. Famous people to rest in peace, go toes up, get snuffed out, walk the plank, okay. play the harp, oh pass God. away, <laughs> close for business, oh meet God. one's maker, launch into eternity, join one's ancestors, give up the ghost, enter the eternal rest, oh my God. <laughs> check into the motel deep six, cross over, sleep with the fishes, Let me know cash in one's <laughs> chips, or just shuffle off this mortal coil. So Wait, the, you forgot kick the bucket. I didn't forget it. That's just so common. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, with, a co- uh, with the calling in life to create gorgeous, readable lettering, German-born Hermann Zapf died on June 4th at the age of 96. I mentioned that because you've read it. Everything that's reading has to do with uh, Mr. Zapf. Uh, he left his mark on nearly all reading materials as one of the world's most well-known and well-respected typographers, calligraphers, and type designers. His most noted and beloved fonts include Linotype, Palatino, Zapfino, and Zapdingbat. Palatino. Yeah, so thank you for making reading beautiful. Yeah, I use Zapfino all the time. Also now, leaping off the great high rope in the sky, WWE's Dusty Rhodes died on June 11th at the age of 69. Born Virgil Runnels, but known to wrestling fans everywhere as the American Dream, Rhodes was a WWE 2007 Hall of Famer and three-time NWA champion whose career spanned from 1968 until his retirement in 2007. No cause of death has been released, but emergency services were called to his um, his home following a fall and then other numerous complications that led to his death. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard that um, he had, he had um, had kidney failure after oh, he fell down. Yeah, Jeez. Wow. And, and, and for those who don't know Dusty Rhodes as a, as a wrestling fan, um, he's one of the only guys. It's weird because in the seventies, I mean, now you have all these beautiful wrestlers that look really well sculpted. Uh-huh. Back then, you had a variety of different characters, and Dusty was a chunky guy with long curly blonde curly blonde hair, and he had a lift. And he would throw like this. But, you know, he would say he was going to kick your ass. So he sounded like Mike Tyson? <laughs> no, he sounded like he sounded like Mike Tyson wrapped up with um, um, Adam Sandler for the Border Boy. But, okay. And it's funny because you would, like, watch... If you watch wrestling now and watch it back then, you would say, well... How, and he was the, the, what they call the face or, like, the main hero of mm-hmm. that league. And he just had so much charisma. To this day, he, he helped out wrestlers with what they call promos, which is when they talk into the camera and talk about what they're going to do to an opponent. Because that's a lot like storytelling. You're telling a story about not only what you're going to do, but where you're from. You know, what's the reasoning why you're having this conflict? It's it's really all about writing. And he was really, really smart about that stuff. He knew about the nuances of, you know, bringing up emotion and, 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 and finding inspiration. He was just a genius when it came to that stuff. He worked to the, with the young guys to this day. So, nice. I, mean, I mean, rest in peace, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yeah. All right. That's all it. right. And now, because oh. I was still talking. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> for the quick news. What do you expect <laughs> when you talk about um, wrestling? Seven days ago, Star Wars, Tolkien, and B-grade horror movie lovers held their heads low. Beloved character actor Christopher Lee died on June 7th. Lee will be forever remembered by fans for his 20 years in Hammer House roles as Dracula, The Mummy, and Fu Manchu from 57 through 76, while more modern audiences will remember him as Star Wars Count Dooku and Lord of the Rings Saruman. Or excuse me, Saruman. Uh, and for the James Bond lovers, Lee will never be forgotten as the villainous man with the golden gun, Scaramanga. In 2010, Lee even rep- uh, surprised fans by releasing a symphonic heavy metal concept album called Charlemagne by the Sword. Uh, I'm sorry, by the Sword and Cross. And a 2013 follow-up album, Charlemagne, The Omens of Death. Christopher Lee died from complications stemming from respiratory problems and heart failure. He was 93. Wow. He was still making moves at 93. Yeah. Oh, he was a great guy. Yeah. No, that's all I got. All right. That's all the quick news? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually have something that I thought Mike would have had. Shut the Damn. Up. Shut up. Well, because he's the big Neil Gaiman fan. Oh, here we I go. I always am. So, uh, did you know that Fox is in development is developing a new TV show based on new Gaiman's characters from Sandman? Uh, yeah. Lucifer. Yeah, I talked about that. Like when? Podcast ago. Oh, God. Damn. I, just, I, just, I, just, I, just, I swear, do you send the clone to do the podcast? <laughs> they actually have a trailer out now, so it's actually Oh, very cool. cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah uh, I kind of saw because it's, it's very much pretty much a uh, police procedural, so it has yeah. almost literally nothing to do with the series, which is sad, Yeah, you know, but... Right. But the, the actor who plays it, um, he was on another show on USA called Rush, and mm. he seems oh, like he a, a, okay. a good fit for it. Cool. That's very good. That's good to hear. Oh, yeah. wow. So yeah. wow, that was some quick news. Yeah, about damn time. Well, I, well, I, I, I burnt my load earlier in the quick news, so I have nothing else to add. So let's go right to the first part. Well, actually, let, let me let the audience know what the heck we're doing for this show. So the first half, um, we're actually going to be talking about... And I, let me not say any adjectives. Let me not, let me just say we're going to talk about convergence. We're going to talk about the DC comic book miniseries. Yay! I thought we were talking about coming together. Coming together. Yeah, convergence. You know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and also for the second half, we're going to have the lovely Gigi join us to talk about the the new Disney flick Tomorrowland, which we weren't going to see initially. And then when we were sitting, what movie were we watching together, all of us? And mm-hmm. we saw the preview, and it was, and then. Remember they had the five minute preview? Oh, Avengers. We were watching Avengers and they had the five minute preview because I remember Tomorrowland wasn't even on. I mean, I, it wasn't on my radar. Oh, it was on my radar uh, until, I mean, I until, until I saw the five minute preview. <laughs> wow. Save that for the second half. But just letting everybody know, second half, we're going to have Gigi and we're going to talk about Tomorrowland. But now let's go to Convergence, DC's new attempt. And let me say more new attempt to reboot their universe. And with a synopsis, as always, is MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Yay! It's me again. Miss me? I know you did. <laughs> Only one year. Oh, my bad. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's a new soundboard, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my my fans my fans come in all shapes and sizes, <laughs> and sound effects. Well, is that on a loop? No, I just pressed it again. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, get control of your soundboard, Mike. Continue. Convergence is a two-month weekly limited series from DC Comics that ran from April 2015 through May 2015, uh, which was the time DC Comics moved its base of operations from NYC to Burbank, California. The main series consists of nine issues, beginning with number zero. The series is helmed by Jeff King, Dan Jurgens, and Scott Lobdell, and drawn by Ethan Van Skyver, Andy Cooper, Jason Paz, and Carlo uh, Pagulian. All right, synopsis. Here's the quick synopsis. 
do not read this series. <laughs> oh my God. Now, for the regular synopsis, all right, you need a little bit of backstory for this part. All right, in a half-assed apology that falls firmly in the way too little, way too late column, DC Comics Convergence is an attempt to correct a 30-year-old problem that should never uh, that should have been resolved like 29 years ago. Uh, in 1985, DC Comics thought to simplify its continuity by combining all parallel dimensions, which they call the multiverse, into a single Earth in the 12-issue crossover miniseries Crisis on Infinite Earths. In attempts to then rectify this fiasco, DC has since had different crises. Uh, there's Zero Hour, Crisis in Time, which is in 1994, where an evil Hal Jordan possessing the power of parallax attempts to destroy and remake the DC Universe. Then in 2004, there's Infinite Crisis, which brought back the idea of the multiverse, but this time with only 52 worlds. Then in 2008 was the final crisis, haha, on that word final, uh, <laughs> where Darkseid tries to overthrow reality and causes the death and corruption of various characters. And then in 2011, we had Flashpoint, which reset the 52-world multiverse under the branding The New 52. Now, backstory done, Brainiac travels through time, grabs the forgotten cities of the former multiverse, and places them on a planet run by his emissary, Talos. Faster than you can say, General Zod's son is black and also the new Superman of Earth 2. The cities were then told to fight to the death in order for one city to emerge as the true reality. But then... (sighs) All right. (laughs) Heroes, Earth 2, fight to stop this and that, blah, 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 blah. Batman dies. He's not our Batman. Someone named Deimos takes power from the Time Masters. Brainiac comes back. Some kind of redemption act for him and for Parallax. I don't understand. Heroes go back in time. And and I just hate DC Comics for killing trees for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your synopsis. <laughs> wow. That's a synop- that, that was probably the, um, the most honest synopsis. <laughs> how about you tell us how you really feel, yeah, Mike? Yeah, don't hold back, Mike. <laughs> the FCC would then start regulating podcasts. <laughs> We'd be off the air by 61. <laughs> All right. And this sounds like this is going to be a, a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am um, review. All right. Convergence. Um, what did you want out of Convergence? And what did you end up getting? I'll speak for myself by saying I wanted... I mean, if you're going to reboot the universe, I, or if you're going to do something different, I just feel like, like Mike said in, in the synopsis, it was a problem that should have been fixed 29 years ago. Yeah. So, um, so I, I kind of feel like I mean everybody got excited over it and I'm like uh, I don't know I just, who got excited over it a lot of people were like oh they're bringing the multiverse back uh, yeah yeah. well they had kind of brought the multiverse back now they just brought the infinite multiverse back right now, you so, know. so now it's all these different worlds instead of just yeah. 52 but what I wanted out of it what was it to be it? one page long <laughs> um, unfortunately it was not <laughs> you know um, it I, I don't understand what the story they were trying to tell at all really because most of the stuff happens off panels like it, it, it makes no sense what they were trying to tell us. It was, it, it felt like, here's our premise, but here's actually what we wanted. And if they had just done that, I would rather them to have not even had this like special event, and then someone like in a Batman comic went, "Hey, remember that last thing that brought back the multiverse? Kind of. Anyhow, back to hitting you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I would have just been happier with that. <laughs> All right. Ralph, um, I know you didn't finish reading the entire thing. You read parts of it. Yeah, and then I skipped to the end. And you skipped to the end, of course. Yeah. Um, well, for, according to Mike's um, synopsis, you did very well. Yeah. You did very well for yourself there. Um, what did you, um, when you heard about it, because Mike mentioned Convergence months ago. If you remember. He doesn't. <laughs> Who are you again? I was about to say, does he remember me? <laughs> what am I doing here? All right, hush. So... Is there something that you wanted out of when you heard that, that um, DC was doing this this um, miniseries? Honestly, I just wanted like a really good story. But then after just reading the first the episode, the, zero the zero one, I was like, "What? 
That zero one makes no sense. By okay, the way. so so I, so I wasn't bugging that. I was confused after after the, the zero issue. It, yeah, because yeah, then with issue one, I guess it might be like, do the tie-ins help or something? Uh, no, because the tie-ins are technically the battles that we don't see. Which, by the way, except for like a quick like what double spread page montage, you almost see no battles of any of these Earth, which which is the whole point of this convergence. Yeah, because they make the proclamation on uh, uh, um, Brainiac or it was a Delos that made the proclamation. Telos. Telos. Telos, Delos. Telos makes the proclamation of, okay, all of you guys, you know, all of these cities must fight to the death if you want to survive. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. They, they, they have, there's no battles. Right. So it's like, well, then who's fighting to the death? Yeah. Just I mean, I, I guess they well, are. I, I remember in the second issue, I guess the third one, if you really count from zero. Issue, issue number two. Num- issue number two. There we go. <laughs> yes. So in issue number two, there's actually like a panel where they show that the 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 worlds, the different cities, didn't want to fight against each other. Right. And that actually Talos has to like um, instigate the fight between the, mm-hmm. the worlds. So I guess at first, like, maybe that's why you don't see that many of the. Yeah, battles. but yeah. a panel. I mean, we're talking about. With oh, it's actually like just like a small little frame in the panel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, but this is the purpose of this book. I mean, they've stated the purpose is for these places to battle to be. The last one and then of course you should have a, sto- a side story about someone trying to stop this but the side story was not even a side story was there's a battle going on mm-hmm. with all of these different you know the, the the only thing i thought was really nice was i think in the same issue too is they actually referenced that um that there's the it's the one from the teacher's end ends up fighting this other world of heroes and they were just like it was a world that um was created by a great man da 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 but oh, yeah. moved on to other things and it was stan lee's world Stan Lee wrote for DC for a brief time that's called right. Stan Lee's Imagining. I and was wondering yeah, about that. That's what that was. So like that's where like it's the one um, for anyone that reads it. Whenever you see, it's a it's a black guy who's Batman, but he has literally the head of a bat on his costume. It looks like a giant head of a bat, right. and that was Stan Lee's Imagining. So all those characters for when he redid their the DC universe. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that. that was that, that was the only thing I thought was cute. Other than that, nothing made any sense. And. I was I was wondering who they were talking about. It was like this great man that created this universe, yeah. but went on to do better things. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Who are they talking about? Like, is there a god or something that I'm not aware of? Yeah. I think what got me mad was the fact that um, their twists and turns were not really that good. Because you went from you know as Brainiac kind of spearheading this right. to Telos, you know, kind of you know helping him out with that, to then um, including Deimos. Right. You know, from for, for those who don't read Warlord, or, or Warlord. for no one that reads Warlord. <laughs> <laughs> And then it goes back to Brainiac again. Yeah, right. yeah. It just there wasn't anything that worked well in this book. Uh, the Earth Two heroes, which in their own book, it's probably fine. I mean, I, I stopped reading Earth Two um, about a year and a half ago, so I, I missed the the incoming of the Black Superman, which is Val Zod. Which, if that sounds just like what it sounds like, Val Zod is the son of General Zod. Um, he was sent here. Uh, he was sent to live with the family L after his parents were murdered on Krypton in their universe. And then uh, they also built a ship for him, so they sent him to this Earth as well. But he was captured, and Superman didn't know anything about him. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so basically, the black guy was put in chains and held captive. <laughs> yes. Yes, DC, <laughs> you've moved along quite a bit. <laughs> you know. So this whole series is like uh, it's, a, it's a Brainiac sandwich with two O's in it, right? Uh, why? Yeah. Never mind. Because <laughs> you got it starts off with Brainiac, and then you have the Telos, and then Demos. You get the two O's. And ah, uh, see, this is it doesn't work when you gotta explain it. All right, here we go. Maybe this will help. There we go. Wait, where, where's the boo? 
<laughs> See the guy that works the sounds board doesn't get the boo. I got your boo right here. Fuck you. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Voice. <laughs> that that's great. <laughs> but um, you know, so like basically, all you get is the adventure of all these Earth Two heroes who their world was blown up prior to everybody else's worlds being saved um, and fighting on this planet. So they are now homeless. Right. So you have the Jay Garrick version of the Flash because the Earth Two is what they're trying to do is kind of basically rebuild um, the Justice Society of America um, instead of the Justice League. So you have um, Jay Garrick, who's young at this point. This, right. They're all younger heroes. You have the Thomas Wayne Batman. Right. Um, you Yolanda. have Wild Yolanda, Cat. who is like the, connected to the Red, who should be Wildcat in most universes, but she's just Yolanda, evidently. Um, you have what? Uh, Alan Scott, uh, the Gay Green, Green, Green Lantern. Lantern. He's the right. Gay Green Lantern of Earth Two. And why does he got to be the Gay Green Lantern? Because he is the Gay Green Lantern <laughs> of Earth Two. <laughs> um, and uh, then you also have Dick Grayson, who joined them out of nowhere, who has no abilities, but suddenly is evidently becoming Batman. Did anybody find him annoying, by the way? Extremely annoying. Like, you know, I, I, I mean, thought he was pretty cool. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. This, <laughs> this, this is the Nightwing. This is the Nightwing fool over here. Though. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm a, I mean, I'm a fan of Cyclops. I'm a fan of Captain America. When they do bad versions, I'm able to admit it. It's a bad. Yeah, he was. He was pretty whiny. Thank you for the guy who talks about. In, in, oh, um, my son. Oh, I can't. Barbara, where's Barbara? Why? Yeah. It was just, it was pointless. And yeah. then the, the banter between him and uh, Thomas Hello? Wayne. Oh. oh, him and Thomas Wayne. Yeah. It was just kind of like, it, because all you felt like, what, if, what you realize as it's going on is that, um, spoiler, Thomas Wayne dies. Um, <laughs> and that he's going to pick up the mantle from him. Now, Thomas doesn't exactly say you're taking the mantle, but that's what it's led for. It felt like the writers are doing that whole thing where, you know, you have like a 14-year-old dog. So you buy a new dog, and then that old dog kind of starts teaching the new dog what to do, and then it just dies off. It's exactly what this is like. Oh like there, there was no real story point to this at all. So Thomas Wayne is old yeller? Yeah, he pretty much was. <laughs> <laughs> well, he went out in an explosion, so, you know. Oh. Yeah. Goes out with a bang, huh? Yeah. Well, well, this book didn't go out with a bang. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. It, it went out with, like, a flutter? This was? Yeah. Flutter. It's going to go out with the trash. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I read it. I had the, I read some of it during the week and I finally caught up with it last night. It was a quick read, but it wasn't because it was a good quick read. Mm-hmm. It was just like 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 Mike said, there was a lot of things left out, and it just moved really really fast. Like I went like I, I went from issue three to issue six in like a matter of fifteen minutes. Yeah, you know what it was? It was like uh, it's uh, DC's a magician, right? So they were using uh, what's what's that called? Sleight of hand. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> of hand. So they're saying, watch this hand over here while we move to California and think you think that you're getting some good quality shit, but no, you're actually not. You're and then sh- you're getting shit, shit. And then magic, look, we're California now. Ha. Yeah. It, it wasn't sleight of hand. It was just a slight story is all that you ended up getting. Because by the time you get to issue... Misdirection. That's what I was going to say. There you are. Misdirection. Um, yeah, by the time you get to issue seven... Basically, the threat of Deimos is over, which he wasn't even a threat, and I won't even get into all that. He steals all this time-traveling, time-master power, yeah. which doesn't seem to do him much good of anything, I, because it, it, he, he just was suddenly telling us he's powerful. The heroes are telling us he's powerful, yet he's not doing much, and then suddenly he's defeated. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and then Brainiac, in, by issue eight, just has this revelation that, you know, if I... Redirect the time elements of Daimus's powers. Um, it'll keep the planet from exploding and killing all of the universes and all of reality. So then he sends the Flash from Crisis back, the Supergirl from Crisis, the original Crisis back, where to their death. But then realizes that oh, if they, you know, we don't need them to die, we need them to 
stop the crisis from happening. And that's fine. But then that should have been an adventure. That should have been an issue, at least, of, oh, this is them stopping the crisis. And that would have been a, a good minute if you right. started from there. Yeah, that would have been at least a good final issue. And then, like, the, no, I am not exaggerating when he says this is what he's going to do. And then Parallax, who's an actual evil guy, decides he suddenly wants redemption for no reason. I'm going to go back and help them. And then Superman that has a baby decides to go back and help them. We just see them go into this weird, like, time tunnel thing. And I'm not exaggerating. Brainiac goes, and in an instant, it's done. And then it is. It's done. Like, the next panel is just, everything's fine. You're like, really? (laughs) You just had your biggest, most climactic reason for everything happening happen off book. And probably (laughs) the most interesting part. Yeah. It could have been a really interesting... um, And it's not just off book. It's in no other book. You know what it is? Is they probably have no no fucking clue how they were going to pull that off. Yeah. So they said, you know what? We'll just say that they did it. Right. And then, like, maybe, like, a few months down the road, they'll come out with, like, an issue of, like... uh, Prevention of the infinite crisis or some shit. Right. Well, I can only imagine that. that they must have found the dark uh, with the anti monitor, and I could just see Superman just like, "Hey, we're from the future, and we're after all the multiverse crap happened." And by the way, your plan works. The multiverse is gone, but then it's back again. Anyhow, this isn't a good idea. <laughs> and then he, and then anti monitor would just be like, "Well, I kind of want to do it," but then Flash and Supergirl would just be like, "Nah, we also think we we agree with Superman," and he's just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> because other than that I don't understand how this just prevented because the thing is it's like well if the heroes couldn't stop him from doing it the first time how did they stop him this time right maybe they brought in a therapist to talk about his issues of why <laughs> he's destroying worlds so tell me about your mother <laughs> oh she kept feeling me antimatter and I just liked it so much so I thought I'd go get some more she had anti-breasts wow <laughs> but it, it, it's just it's funny because you would think that DC would have put a little bit more effort because they were doing this as a way to kind of what consolidate the talent while they moved to California. They were able to like keep keep it real simple and bare right. bones, right? Because they've canceled all of their books during this time. In other words, I mean, they, when I say cancel, I don't mean that they stopped them altogether. They just this is the only thing that ran during that time period, and, and that's what I'm saying. So, so my thing is, if you have extra talent to lay around, you couldn't get you know a better idea or, or, or you know have it run by people so that it's really good, so that if you put out a book like this. It could be something worthwhile. Yeah, and I'm not saying that he hasn't written anything well, but think about it. The bulk of this is written by Jeff King. Without Googling him, what else has he written that you know about? I don't. I have no I haven't looked him up. I mean, yeah. that's my whole point. Like, they didn't get, like, their heavy hitters to write a Brad story. Mel- they didn't get Brett Melter. They didn't get. They didn't even get Johns. Ultimate Confusing Grant Morrison <laughs> to write it. I mean, you know. He, well, he wrote that other book, you know, and that, and that other one. That other who, one, who, and, Jeff and, King? yeah, King? Jeff King, yeah, he wrote that, that other book. Was he the one about the guy? And uh huh, and uh, the girl yeah. too. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's funny. Uh, you know I thought you were gonna say you were gonna make a joke about Grant Morrison. I remember the last time Grant Morrison was in charge of a miniseries for DC. Yeah, we we called it uh, Final Crisis. Yes, and remember <laughs> he he basically shitted on DC for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because DC released some books that was supposed to go ahead of some other books, and he goes, "No, it's supposed to go in its order." And DC said, "No, we're gonna we're gonna reveal this in this book," and he goes, "Okay, well I'm not gonna change anything." So it was so confusing. So it's yeah, and I actually would have liked that. Yeah. I would have liked uh, some something like that better than what we got. Just an attempt at good writing would have been good, but it it really is. There is nothing at all that you will learn from reading this book. I mean, maybe if you want to read the side stories, like I pres- I read because um, I'm a huge, as we all know, I'm a huge um, Captain Marvel Shazam fan. Right. So I did read the two issue series. Now you learn nothing new about that really? at all. I mean, it's just that the Shazam world. Uh, that's the other thing too, by the way, uh, especially a lot of the younger people out there. You have a lot to catch up with. Like, there's actually an Earth S, which is the Shazam world. 
So I don't know if Shazam will even be part of the regular New 52 anymore, like on our Earth. Is everybody Shazam there? No, no, no. But that's like, the, like in other words, when DC, when DC finally got the rights to Shazam way back in the day, it had previously been owned by Fawcett Comics. Okay. Um, but instead of just blending it into this world, they kept Shazam's world the way it was. So like there was never a Superman, there was never anybody else, and they never did cross worlds. So, so they had Shazam. to explain it by just saying like, oh, well, that's Earth S. You know, it's and just Black yeah. Adam. Um, yeah, like well, all that's his world. Well, all that stuff is his world. Everything that Shazam oriented, like Doctor Savannah. Yeah, because if it was like everyone was Shazam, you can imagine like you just wake up in the morning. Oh man, I gotta get to work. Shazam! <laughs> <laughs> There'd be like holes of lightnings in everybody's, everybody's houses. Home. Yeah. Traffic must be horrible with all the people flying in the way. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, or, no, you can just fuck with people, go right under them, and say Shazam, and then they get hit by the lightning and they fall. Exactly. But it's so funny because that's um that's. Well, I mean, not the idea of Shazam, but everybody as superheroes living in a city sounds like Astro City. Was right. That? Yeah. I think that was Astro yeah. City, Astro right? City. Yeah. And I never got to read that. I heard it was really good. I've heard it was good. I haven't read it either. Is it, it's still ongoing, too, right? Like, I don't think no, so. It's not. I think they come back with like miniseries every now and then. Yeah, something like that. But the thing is, like, but most of the tie ins are two issue books for the most part. And there's all the basic ones there's Titan ones, there's uh, Wonder Woman, Batman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Read them if you want. Um, th- you're not going to find anything else interesting either. Like I said, it just might help you understand that these worlds kind of exist for, for those that it applies to. But reading the story, if you read issue zero and you'll be confused and not understand anything, and then let me re- uh, read the end, you'll have exactly all the knowledge you need. <laughs> you just need to know the premises that something was going to happen, and here's how it resolved. Actually, I'm, I'm not lying. Do not bother to buy this. Read it on Wikipedia. Seriously. There's one good thing that came out of this for me. I, I learned about Tangent Comics, and I, I thought those were pretty interesting. The Tangent ones were kind of fun. Yeah. You know, I actually was, well, actually didn't surprise me. I was kind of hoping that we would see um, uh, the, what was it, the when they, the Malibu Comics or whatever it was. Oh, that yeah. Did the, uh, uh, the, uh, the mashups. The um, um, amal- amalgam- amalgam- uh, amalgamated amalgam- comics, yeah. 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 Like, that would have been fun, but that would have also involved Marvel's licensing, so that wasn't going to happen. Dark Wolf or was it? Hmm? Was the Batman Wolverine one? It, Dark Claw. Dark Claw, yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. I, I like They, they were, were fun. fun. I mean, they were, you know, they didn't need to go on, but I just, it would have been fun to see that world, in, you know, like at yeah. war or something like that. Like Logan Wayne. Logan yeah. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anything else before we go to ratings? No, forget oh, that. Oh, by go, the way, even the, the artwork was boring. Yeah, the yeah. artwork was really, really boring. I will say that the, the, that last page in uh, in issue eight with the with the worlds, with the, the worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that. That's gonna. But be it's mine. wonderful. That's actually beautiful. I had yeah. put that up on our Facebook page uh, about less than a month ago or something like that. Oh, it's really great artwork. I mean, it's nice to see them pay homage to like the ghostly figures of that particular Earth in the background with the updated versions of the way the world's going to be now for that particular world. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. I mean, if the story had been as carefully crafted as that artwork, it would have actually been a good story. You right. Know? All right. Well, let's go to it. Ratings for Convergence. I know, Ralph, you have a half-completed um, you have a half, a half completed read, but... I'll still give it a full rating. Give it a full rating. Six claws. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it six claws to cut that shit in half because it's like a negative one. Wow. A Ooh. negative one rating. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty bad, Mike. I give it a zero. All the action takes place off panels out of ten. <laughs> it literally has nothing redeeming about it at all. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm i going to give it a one. Dick Grayson is now turning into Batman, even though it's not our Batman, and you have to really explain how much of a shitty person Dick Grayson was. Out of ten. <laughs> the only reason I give it a one 
Is it's because, to balance well, it out? Well, because trees died. Oh. <laughs> trees died had to get some kind of credit. Trees I mean, you died. know, like, if all this work for nothing? Well, no, trees. You did your job. What if I told you this was printed on synthetic paper? Then it'd be zero. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There you have it. Convergence. Converge crap. Yeah, I think that's what we can call that. So That was really funny. That wasn't funny. I mean, you know. Convergence. It brought all the crap together. Oh, are uh, you going to do my that, job? See, that's a little bit better. Yeah, so, yes. so, so, so do the outro then. So don't go anywhere. Because meanwhile, 22 pages later, we'll be back after you, this. You know how to do it. <laughs> how to do it. <laughs> hey guys, this is The Cap, letting you know that your voice is important. We still want to hear from you. Tell us what you thought of our last episode. Channel your inner Mike the Finance Guy and let us know if we got something wrong, which he's really good at doing. Help us with Geeks on the Go questions. Or even compliment us on our horrible impersonations. Your impersonations aren't that bad, Doc. Thanks, Kev, even though I thought that was. So, <laughs> show us some nerd love on Twitter, at Meanwhile22, or like our page on Facebook. You can also check out our website at Meanwhile22PagesLater.com. That 22 is a number. And, if you have enough time, send us a positive review on iTunes. Wow. We're really begging, aren't we? Now let's get back to the show. Alright, alright, everybody. Welcome to the second half of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. Right, where we're going to be sued from Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, I, was <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, is that Matthew McConaughey Once impression? again, I make an impersonation of something else and I actually get it right. But if you told me to do it on purpose, I would never get it right. <laughs> I know, that's well, right. We weren't saying it was good. We were just trying to see. Wow, really? Impersonation. Have they heard your Gaelic accent? Uh, Have they heard any of your accents? What are you talking about? Oh, that was horrible. I'm sorry. I'm like, what accent (laughs) was that? Thank you. I wasn't ready. (laughs) You're never ready. You put me on the spot. How dare you? (laughs) All right. All right. So now we're going to talk about the Disney movie Tomorrowland. And joining the panel is the lovely Gigi. Hi, you guys. Yay. Yay. You know, she's been so enthusiastic, Mike. She was here this whole time. You would have thought she would have done the intro live, but still, again, no. (laughs) I was never asked to do it live, and I was taking care of my child. It's kind of hard when you're breastfeeding, you can't do the intro. I guess you should know, Cap. (laughs) (laughs) I have to get my milk somehow. (laughs) (laughs) And so does your kid. (laughs) Who's in my arms right now, the first time I'm doing the podcast. And look, even she falls asleep on me. Look at this. (laughs) It's because your voice is so, you know. Droning? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, fuck you all. All right, Tomorrowland. We're with a synopsis of Disney's new... And by the way, before we get into this, was... You know, no, I won't even mention that. I'm going to see what the synopsis says. So with the synopsis of Tomorrowland is MFG Mike the Finance Guy. All right. Tomorrowland is the 2015 blockbuster offering from Walt Disney Studios that clocks in at 130 minutes. The $190 million movie was directed by Brad Bird, who's best known for The Iron Giant, The Incredibles, Ratatouille, and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, and co-written by Bird and Damon Lindelof, who is the executive producer of Lost. The screenplay is heavily influenced by Walt Disney's optimistic philosophy of innovation and utopia. Now for synopsis. In 1964, smart kids without nurturing parents went missing and nobody gave a damn. <laughs> Fast forward 51 years and I watch a movie about it and I realize I don't either. <laughs> George Clooney is Frank Walker, former boy genius turned cranky old genius with a creepy child lover's lust for Athena, an audio animatronic in the form of an 11 year old girl. He races to save the Earth from a vague yet horrible fate with the help of Casey Newton, no relation to the scientist or the fit cookie, 
Uh, <laughs> the film tries to sound smart by throwing around names like Gustav Eiffel, um, Jules Verne, Nikola Tesla, and Thomas Edison, but no real connection is ever established that these dreamers, inventors, and scientists had a direct hand in creating the Disney-esque masturbatory fantasy that exists in some ambiguous dimension known as Tomorrowland. The, f- uh, the film blends CGI imagery, family abandonment, extreme violence, and depressing worldviews in a film that is meant to inspire global interaction and the hope for a better tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrowland wanted to do for sci-fi adventure what Harry Potter did for wizardry, but instead it did what Friday the 13th Part 8 Jason Takes Manhattan did for slasher films. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, the movie stars George Clooney as Frank Walker, Thomas Robertson as young Frank, Hugh Laurie as David Nix, yeah. Raffae yeah. Cassidy as Anthony, um, excuse me, as Athena, excuse me, Britt Robertson as Casey Newton, Pierce Gagnon as Nate, Nate Newton, Tim McGraw as Eddie Newton, Catherine Hahn as Ursula Gernsback, and Keegan-Michael Key as Hugo Gernsback. All right. So, Tomorrowland. Um, I know that we, we've all, I know that us three, meaning Mike, um, Gigi, and myself, had saw it within the past couple of days. Ralph, when did you see, when did you catch Tomorrowland? Uh, the week that we were supposed to do the podcast. Ooh, snap. Wow. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Where's Talos? These two worlds have to fight. <laughs> Spelling me, oh, look, I win. <laughs> <laughs> what? Math quiz? Look, you failed. <laughs> Ask oh. him how many times he won. Oh, he missed that number. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tomorrowland. So, um, I guess it's funny because your, your synopsis basically says that, you know, it said a couple of things that was wrong, but I still liked the movie. I still really enjoyed the movie. I didn't hate the movie. I just I didn't, didn't hate the movie. <laughs> no, I didn't hate it. not like, hating I, the do movie. Do you have the really? like in your vocabulary at all? <laughs> no, I, well, I do like things about the movie. I just didn't hate the movie, but I... I it, the movie is just it's missing something valuable to it and I can't place exactly where it never went right like I mean it's not bad you won't hate watching it. it's not like you know you're dreading it it just they missed telling the story they wanted to tell I feel like the, the, the whole part was how Tomorrowland got to the way it was because you have all this build of here's this world here's this little kid discovering this world and there's a lot of imagination and, and, and all this you know growth and, and the possibilities are endless and then you get to him as an old person and, and you know this girl um, you have Casey Newton who gets the pin and she discovers what's going on but they never show you exactly what happens well there's no in between right you know. to me it felt like um, it was more like a little kid love story you That's know nice. with young Frank and then um, Athena Athena Right. Right. And um, <laughs> not for nothing, towards the end, it got a little bit creepy. Little? <laughs> little? Got a little bit creepy. What did you think he was about to do with her before she died? When before he was holding. I was just, was I was getting her. uncomfortable, and I was the only <laughs> person in the theater when I saw this movie, by oh the way. Oh, my God. I was like, what is he doing? What is he about to do? Is he going to kiss her? See, this see, is weird. Me, yeah. Me, me as, as somebody that, that, that works with younger children, I'm, like, hoping for the best, like, Please say something like you know I, I you know I've always cared about you. And, and in that like friendship kind of way then it saves it yeah but they didn't mention I'm like oh nope. dude it just got creepier and creepier <laughs> and creepier you know what was his lines it was somewhere along the lines of I always loved you and then I found out you were a robot and then I loved you more because then it means you know couldn't do things that it I means that you'll never age yeah <laughs> and you'll always look like an eleven year old girl I like that. Oh my God. <laughs> that was the part that was like that. That when you saw like his affection for her, you were like, "Well, no wonder he's not hitting on this sixteen-year-old Casey. She's too old for him." <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh, the second one of the day. Very good. Um, 
Yeah, but like, see, my, my problem is like there is no middle ground to that Tomorrowland, like you were saying, is that we saw like the adventures start for young Frank. Mm-hmm. And then he was just old Frank and there was no backward storytelling. Like, no, there's like, you know, besides that little scene where you see him talking to Athena in the lab where he's looking through that little like viewfinder thing. And the, like there's no the memory. Yeah. There's no backstory of like, like, for instance, you never saw the interaction of Tomorrowland. Like, was everyone nice in Tomorrowland? Were they jerks? Like, were they? You have no idea. You just know that this is land was supposedly. That's what it is. It's kind of like um, when we're talking about convergence, about how everything's happening off panel. Right. It's everything was happening off screen in this movie as well, or at least certain things. You know? Yeah. And that was my problem because I'm like, you keep telling me it's a utopia or it was to be a utopia, but you haven't. Besides showing me big metal buildings and jetpacks, I mean, yes, it's the kid in me still loves that idea, but that's not a utopia. That's just like cool gadgets. You know what I mean? That's not showing me that this world would have been a beautiful place to live in. You know. Well, you see, what, what had happened was... All right. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it was a tank. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel sunk all their... Mo- no, Marvel. Disney sunk all their movie money into Marvel movies, so their special effects budget for Tomorrowland was a little bit less than what they wanted, so they had to cut out all those scenes with Tomorrowland and, and you know special right. effects and everything, and you know, like the, the fantastical, futuristic uh, devices right. that they okay. can create. And thanks for joining us for another episode. That's no of Ralph, excuse. Of Ralph explains it all. Tune in next week where Ralph explains underwear holes. <laughs> wow, it's more interesting than you think. <laughs> it involves a lot of scratching. <laughs> but um, now, did anyone, I, I saw it regular. Did anyone else watch 3D? Um, no, oh, here we go. Just G, go say it. Go say it. We were supposed to see it. Oh, in this 3D. sounds like a cat problem. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes and no. I'm gonna tell you why. Here we go. I wanted to see it in 3D because I was sold on the whole, oh, my God, it's Tomorrowland. It looks really cool. Right. Great. This will be awesome to see in 3D. And then when you actually see the film, you're like, I'm glad I didn't see it in 3D. You know what? You didn't fuck up after all. (laughs) (laughs) But You know, it's weird. I mean, because I said to a friend of mine, um, I was talking about it the day later, since I did not see it in 3D, I don't know if that would have helped the beauty of Tomorrowland look great. I'm sure it must have looked great in 3D, but that should not have any bearing on the film. You know, like, like in other words, I shouldn't have gone like, oh, I saw it in 3D. The film was suddenly excellent. It's like, no. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Tomorrowland itself must have looked nice, though. That, that's what I'm imagining. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have paid the price for, especially you don't see that much of Tomorrowland. I mean, you get like, yeah, maybe it, I could, maybe, maybe as far as the beauty and the awesomeness of Tomorrowland, I think we get five minutes. Yeah, five, like ten max, but yeah, like five yeah. minutes maybe, you know. Um, I, I figured out what I think it is. Um, and maybe, and, you, and I think Mikey gave an excellent explanation of what the problem was. I think I have something like to add to it. It's kind of like Michael Bendis wrote it, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's a lot of build. It's a lot of build of figuring out who's Casey Newton, who's her family, why is she smart, what's happening right. with her. Then a, a, a backstory of Frank Walker. Who is Frank Walker? Um, why is he this grumpy old man? Oh, he knows about Tomorrowland and all this stuff. And these robots who were trying to find him, you know, and right. all of a sudden I feel like they, they were just gone. Right. Well, but this uh, the thing that got me though is like when you kind of when you mentioned about Casey being smart, how smart was she? And the reason I say that is we were told she's very smart. She never did anything very smart. I mean, well, you know, apparently she's smarter than her father, who's a NASA engineer. They right, didn't but, see the connection, the simple circuit. Right, right but but you do right. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like there, there is absolutely nothing. It's just like. So you've told me so that, that's what I'm saying about everything. Like you happening. told me, but you didn't show me. Right, everything is off camera. It's just like you mm-hmm. know, you told me that Tomorrowland's wonderful. In fact, now 
um, bridging through Tomorrowland, because uh, not we're not going to give you a minute by minute play of it. Um, by the time we go back to Tomorrowland, were there actual people in Tomorrowland? They didn't really talk about that. I yet. mean, or were, or was it just? Right. And they showed was up it, was towards it just, the end. Well, the, they right. showed up out of nowhere. But, like, but where the fuck were you guys? We're assuming in the fr- that the people only because of this. We see Hugh Laurie, and mm-hmm. he's only surrounded by audio animatronics. Right. 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 Those things, we're assuming, people that show up at the end uh, that walk. When we see the finality of the end, where and I'm sorry, we're jumping to the end here, um, where we see um, Casey's father, Casey, and Frank. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I'm sorry, and Casey's brother. Right. Casey's brother. Right. There's not another human being there. There's nothing but children, oh, audio, animatronics. Where are the people? Because what what is seen, and this is again what I kept saying about the movie, it it had a mission, but it kept missing it. It seems like you're telling me perfect world, no human beings in it. No, there were people there. Where? Not everybody was. Some of the people in the background behind the father. I don't remember. I because the thing, the only thing that was there were were, they were they were they were audio animatronics of various ages. Yeah, but they were all because he was talking about them all going out to the mission. Right. He was. Whereas those those were the ones that they were addressing. But when they show. Casey's father and brother to the side. There were other people like behind them. Really? Those, I didn't even notice. Them. I thought yeah. they were still audio animatronics, and, no. and they could be. But the, I, that, my, my thing is, it shouldn't that, have been that hard to figure. You know, right? You, you shouldn't have to like just search that deep. You picked it up. Yeah. But I shouldn't have to think about. Oh, but in other words, it's a world. There should be people there. There never ever seemed to really be people there, yeah. and that, so that's what I'm saying. I'm like, well, you keep talking about and then the dreamers guy, and stuff get together. The guy uh, controlling the portal, he was human. Which guy controlling the portal? At the very end, the one who sends them, they controlled the bridge when they when they're going away. All right. To different how, countries how he, and how, everything. I mean, how do we know he's human? Uh, he was human. How, how do we know that? I just know. No, but that, <laughs> but, but you see what I'm saying? Like we really. Don't, right, <laughs> what I'm saying is you we have a have, crystal ball have, or something because, like. because the audio animatronics didn't all look alike. They were just all tech guy. people. You know, listen, we know. Yeah, you know, so that's what I'm saying. We like, know. so that nothing about this do you ever really see people. So it was just one of those weird things again. I'm like, well, what are you trying to tell me makes a perfect world? No people? Yeah. And just yeah. a bunch of robots? <laughs> and and dreamers. And, <laughs> and dreamers. That's another thing. So, like, so once again, you're kidnapping people because that's the other part that got me about this. This movie, it, it wasn't even the normal story of he's being physically abused and then his father leaves him. We're talking about the young Frank Walker. Okay. Frank just has a father that doesn't appreciate how smart he is. You know, he's a simple farmer guy. Frank goes to the big city to go to the World's Fair to show his, his device in 1964. He never comes back until we assume he's an adult, or until he's in his 20s, because he said yeah. he was 20 years later. Yeah. So, yeah. At, so think about this. It's not like we have a reason to hate his father. So now let's just spin the camera around on this movie. I'm sure his dad didn't appreciate his son not being like a hard farm worker, but we don't know that he didn't love his son. So we just have a guy that's been looking for his child for 20 years. Like, like, so think and, and think all the children they keep taking. But, but wait a well, minute, no, it, was, it wasn't children. But, 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 it was adults. I'm sorry, no, but it's all ages. I mean, well, they never said what they. They would never said, but, but also, in the ending, we see them taking all ages. But also, they didn't say that you they know. all that, that that we don't know if all of them lived there. We don't know if Frank went back and forth. We don't know like, a lot yeah, because know, yeah. everything happened off camera, <laughs> you know. But my point though is, we still have and we have Hugh Laurie, who is a human being that's very aware that there is a child who must have a parent. <laughs> that's been here for 20 years <laughs> you know like it's just one of these things it's like so you kidnap a child like no one seems to concern themselves like 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 for instance i understand that she um the casey our star of the story she phoned her dad at some point i'm okay 
But when your kid finds that I'm okay and you still can't get in touch with them, parents. Yeah, yeah. We, parents we are you, panicking. Are you, are you, right. No, right. and, and it was Squad kind of weird exactly. because right. back towards the end, yeah. um, when she basically shows up. goes to the portal, shows up, he's just like hanging out there. In the garage with just, his kid. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. oh, you're back. Great to see you, yeah. honey. He had no concern this? that she'd been gone no, the entire time. None. <laughs> like, not even that. like. He, he just <laughs> figures. He hugged her. He hugged her. And then he just looked through the portal. And that's it. Had it been me, I was like, where the fuck have you been? Exactly. Get your ass back in there. I don't give a fuck with that shit. What is it? I don't give a fuck. What, what is it? You know, get your ass back in. We, you're, that, you're grounded. Yeah. It was just, it was very, for Disney, which is such a family, um, you know, studio, it's like they didn't care about family this time around. That also was just, it was just very weird to me. Like, there was, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, about, and I agree with everything you're saying about what the movie lacked. I don't think that's, that's, that's what they were saying. I just... No, yeah. I don't think they. That's what I don't think they were saying that. It's right. what they gave us. Though. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's. I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't think Disney is trying to say. You know, we don't kids, love your kids family. should just wander off. But I'm just saying, but they they well. didn't. There was no effect. There was no like <laughs> family missing me. There's yeah. no, you know, like 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 for instance, why didn't we at least get a flash to one of two things? Um, when Frank came back initially, so right. he's in his 20s now. Why didn't we see like, or actually he was in his 30s because he was he's like 11 year old boy or something like that when he went there. So he'd be in his 30s. So why didn't we either see like, like him just coming to see his father and like his dad being like, oh my god, like you know, watery eyes, well, or him showing up the dad's just quickly, just to show that like another reason why Frank is bitter. It's not not only is he bitter with Tomorrowland, but he's also bitter that he lost his life here. You know. Well, he, well, the house that he was living in was his family house. Yeah, but. Again, that's not what adds me on more to <laughs> him know? being more bitter than what you know. Like, like that would be a really bitter mood. Would be like not only did I, did I become un, you know, unenamored with this Tomorrowland world, but when I come back, the world's moved beyond me. Like, like my dad's either dead or old, or you know what I mean. Like that passed me by. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, like that would have been like a wow, that's touching. And then you it didn't have to be long. That could just be a three minute scene, but it would have been touching. And they would have given me something more to connect with. That's another problem. I didn't connect emotionally with this film you very know, much. I, I felt like, I mean, I connected with the film. The, okay. the problem that I had an issue with was, um, the problem I had an issue with, that's what we're done um, the, the, the issue I had. The problem that you had an issue with, with the things you didn't like? Shit it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, put that on a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> um, one of the things I didn't like was, and I like when um, movies have a social message, but when it's ham-fisted, yeah. it was like, you know, oh my god yeah it was like wow here's our message about social change Thoma. yeah i mean well the beginning i'm like really every teacher teaches you doom and gloom and with no positive aspect of and this is what we can do as a society if you guys go out there and change the world i mean i understand like i said they were trying to make their point but also they didn't really go back to hammer that point until well, again the end well you yeah because they were saying that the whole reason that everybody was thinking that way was because of the machine right because in, instead of being cautious, they just embraced it and said, fuck it. Right. If we're going to go down, we're going to go down hard. Right. Which end of the world party. <laughs> Pretty much. But see, that also oh got God. me was that then we were supposed to suddenly hate, not not this life, hate the Hugh Laurie character because of this. But in all honesty, I'm not saying he did the only thing, but he did attempt to help avert yeah. the future it's just that like he said everyone misinterpreted it and did the opposite so but yet 
we were supposed to accept his death as like he deserved that. He's and, the bad yeah, guy, and I'm like, he didn't do anything wrong. And, and that was the only. I mean, I mean, all the other issues, you know, I, I could pass off. The the, the issue with who Lawyer's character was that they try to do a shade of great character because, like you said, he had a good intention mm-hmm. to try to change the world. He said, well, well the, nobody's listening because they're too right. busy. Like you know, so fuck it. You know, I'm just gonna do the world as I see fit, or we're gonna stay here and let the world right. Turn. We're just we're not gonna do anything. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah. it almost had you feeling like, well, do I not? like him do i kind of like right him, you know? well you know and then they did him off until when, when he's i think un- until they tried to shoot somebody right, well yeah but then but that's what i'm saying they just suddenly did this and you'll love this expression this this heel turn because nice. <laughs> it well was suddenly done. it was just like suddenly now you're now you're a bad guy because the script says you're a bad guy <laughs> you know right. well no matter what Hugh Larry does i can never hate him i oh, love that he's, 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 he's a great good. actor he's a great actor yeah. he was awesome on house it's like yeah, yeah. oh yeah but uh, yeah. every time I see Hugh Laurie on on um, on film, I get all excited. I, I actually like tap G. Like, Look who it is! She's like, I know. Shut up. <laughs> relax. <laughs> and it's, it's Hugh Laurie. How can you relax? Hey, he was good as Stuart Little too. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Little. Like, stop it. Your hard on yeah. needs to go away. Okay. You know, like <laughs> Re- real quick, the action sequences with um, Athena and the robots. What did you feel about that? That's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. The effects I thought were great, cool actions. All the action sequences, though, were very violent. Yeah, violent. I'll wait for you for that because I know you had a problem when we saw the the, the preview, the five minute preview. Yeah. And, and um, Casey is beating the crap out of the the, the oh my god the, the one with the anger with the baseball. issues <laughs> with her anger issues like it I went from it. being cute to like she's got issues <laughs> you know and when you really analyze it's like she's just beating up a toaster or something you know right but what, but it's a toaster that looks like a human being yeah. that's you know what was crazy though was the um the fact that the the robots they just vaporize people like yeah that, that no it's like indiscriminately yeah. they're like oh you saw that i wish you hadn't seen that boom you're dead yeah like it it, it was just like I said, it was just that's why i said in my synopsis it was very uneven it was like there was a film they wanted to tell and then they told this tale and they were like fingers crossed <laughs> i hope it matches up it's funny that you, you know? say that about about them telling the tale and being incomplete Think of it this way. This is another Disney movie that's came from what? A Disney ride. Tomorrowland yeah. oh, was a ride yeah. in Disney World. That's so true. Pirates of the Caribbean. But that was a good series. Yeah, but no, Pirates is the only one that's good. Yeah. Every every other thing that they've done. What else? What Escape else? to Miss Witch Mountain? That was a ride? I don't know if it was a ride. I just like the movie. I just like the movie. <laughs> the original. They've had a couple and of the rock. They've done a couple of movies where it's tied in with the ride. So wait, so the Batman movie was based off the ride? Shut up. That's, first off, that's not Superman Disney. too. That's not Disney. Uh, you sure? I'm positive. Marvel would have an issue with that. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> Marvel would have a slight issue with that. Okay. So, anything else we want to add before we go to ratings? Yeah. Those actors. Which I know which child actor? actors have a lot to learn, but they were all bad child actors. Wait, are you talking about um, all of them? All of them? <laughs> all the children that were acting. I mean, Casey was acceptable. She was the oldest of them all. Athena, her brother, Nate. And that they were just un, undealable. Well, they were if, bad. If Nate didn't have that many lines to be bad. God, he didn't because he delivered them all really badly. Well, you know, oh, it's not, wow, it's not his fault. His previous acting role, he did play uh, uh, an android in the in the TV show Extent with uh, Halle Berry. Oh, is that where he's from? Yeah, he he was the. Does he the act the same there? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So he acts robotically, so he has to act robotically. That's pretty bad, then. <laughs> no, I, mean, I just didn't enjoy it. I, I, Athena, was obno- I just found her obnoxious. In fact, I found Casey not likable either. I, I, didn't find, I didn't find very many people in the film very likable. 
Like I said, I, I, I didn't relate to them. You know, they weren't. It was pretty fun funny people. though the that whole scene with Athena and Casey in the car. It's like if you keep asking me questions, you're gonna enact my security protocols. But then what about this? But then what about this? Uh, and she boom. shuts down. And he's like, and then. Uh, and later, then when they got in the car afterwards, he's like, "Oh, you told her that? She was annoying me." I was like, "Damn." So I'm sitting next to Gigi. All of a sudden, she goes, "System shut down." <laughs> it's gonna happen one day. I guarantee it. By the way, before we get into ratings, um, was it funny to you because you know the whole thing about NASA shutting down, they shutting down Cape Canaveral, and um, Casey Newton's father is you know he's a, a was an engineer, a NASA engineer. A NASA engineer. A NASA engineer. Is it funny how she corrects his work? I'm like, shit, now you wonder why NASA's going down. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. year old outsmarted you to <laughs> figure shit out. Just saying. Just yeah, I've been putting this thing together incorrectly with actually just need to be moved by one th- piece. Yeah, I guess <laughs> our space program isn't going as well as we thought. You know. It was Disney's attempt to try to make her look smart, but in, but in turn, it made him look dumb. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the only issues I really have. But let's go, let's go right to it. Ratings for um, Tomorrowland. Wow. Do you go slow because you forget what you were going to say? Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> Anytime I close my eyes and do that, that's I forget. All right. Oh, I usually go into sleep when you're talking. <laughs> like my daughter is. She stayed asleep throughout this whole segment. All right. So I give Tomorrowland uh, eight awesome jetpacks out of ten. I thought it was pretty good. Even I didn't get so hung up on the backstory like Mike did. And I enjoyed all the futuristic things. So it was pretty good. I just call it story. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mike. Um, I've been torn between my rating, but um, I'll go with the higher end of the rating that I was going to give um, of the two. Um, believe it or not, actually, I gave it a seven. I gave it a seven. Clooney killed Batman and Disneyland <laughs> out of ten. Wow. <laughs> You'll never get rid of those nipples. <laughs> hey, that's tied to Joel Schumacher. That's not tied to George. Just saying. Gigi? I will also give it um, an eight... Transporters out of ten. Eight transporters out of ten. Yeah. I didn't know Jason Statham was in the movie. Oh God, the Jason Statham. No transporters. <laughs> Shut up. I hate <laughs> you. Guys. Remind me um, um, when we go to the next segment. I got to tell you guys about what Jason Statham said about um, Marvel, the Marvel universe. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna actually gonna follow the trend and I'm gonna give it also an eight. Wow, that little girl's annoying, but she can sure kick ass. <laughs> out of ten, I really thought I thought it was fun, even though there were a lot of things I felt that there was a part that was missing that that bridged the gap between what happened with Tomorrowland back then and now. But it was still a lot of fun, and it kind of I felt like it. The end made you feel good. Um, not as good as some other films, but it was still fun. I, really yeah. I don't know if you meant like feel good with George Clooney looking like he wanted no, to kiss no, her, no. but whoa! As a, fa- as a father of a daughter, no, that was kind of I was, I guess that was, I was see, that's, that's creepy. No matter who you are, unless you <laughs> have to be a pedophile. I don't, I don't have a kid. No, because some, some people, some people like let that go, and I was like, say, just say a line saying like you know that that can make it clear that you know you care about it. It's that love of caring when you care for somebody as your friend. All he had to say was something like, you know, I never got to tell you you had a good soul. You know, yeah. or I never like got that, a chance you know. to tell you you were my best friend. Best friend. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and then drop her. <laughs> you were my best friend. <laughs> you're my best friend. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, all you're thinking is, is he feeling up her skirt? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, damn. <laughs> Wrong one. There you go. There we go. The ah. limit gone. All right. <laughs> so there you have it. Tomorrowland. Three out of four panelists approve. 
and one panelist is, you know, very. I gave it a seven. <laughs> For God's <laughs> sakes, what I, what more do you guys want out of me? What well, was your lowest? Uh, your lowest it would have been score. a six. Oh. I, I was between a six and a seven. I mean, oh. it's just somewhere, in, but I didn't want to do a half because it was like it's, oh, I, I gave it a seven. If you just watch the film and try your best to turn your brain off, you'll enjoy it enough that it's a seven. You got to yeah. be careful with seven, though. What's that? Because seven, eight, eight nine. nine. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> Please, after that joke, don't go anywhere because Geeks on the Go is next. Geeks? Geeks on the Go. What the fuck? I, I, I told you, when I'm here, I'm boss. Oh, God. Deal with it. Uh, that was only for the commercial. It side. doesn't matter. Okay. So, I'm here. Okay, so you know what? Let me at least explain it. Okay, you know the segment. She asks quick questions. I ask can, quick. Yes, right. That's we, right. I, I, I do that, not you. Wow. Not you. I, I give the questions. You guys give me the answers. It is what it is. That's it. What's the time limit? That's it. You, you, you one minute. Well, <laughs> one minute. It took you a while to figure that out. You're like, what? One minute. One minute. She also has one. the same New York math. That's why. One minute. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kat. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> is it breezy with that skirt on? Oh. <laughs> wow. Don't worry. I keep his balls in the freezer. Oh. <laughs> it's good. Preserved. Are you trying to call me a pussy? <laughs> I am what I eat. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> Jeez. Let's go. So. All right. Here we go. You guys know the deal. One minute. Answer these questions. Do or die. All right. First question. Whoa. What? Go. Oh. Which TV <laughs> Which TV show right, would do I be... start the timer now? Oh, Please, she's got to keep <laughs> saying the question. All right. Which TV show would be considered must-see TV if it exists? A, a reality show starring Deadpool. B, a documentary profiling every single Superman villain. Or C, a 21-mini-week series <laughs> starring Arrow's sister, Thea. I'm what? Up. <laughs> I'll go first because she's fucking this up. Okay, see, this last one was a 21 week miniseries starring Arrow's sister Thea. One question, she's taking up the whole fucking thing. <laughs> then she's doing your job well. <laughs> I, I'm going to go out and say, um, the, A, Deadpool. Deadpool's interesting on TV, definitely. Mike? Um, I think a 21 mini, uh, week miniseries starring Arrow's sister Thea because it would take one week for the drug overdose and then 20 more weeks of me celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well. It gotta be Deadpool because he's fucking awesome. So just Deadpool. Oh, I don't know about awesome. I like about that. All right, too. Chimichanga. <laughs> what would you think would come first? A, Marvel obtaining the movie rights of X-Men. B, Marvel obtaining the movie rights for the Fantastic Four. Or C, DC finally making a Wonder Woman movie that's actually good. Oh, Cap. Oh, you forgot my name. You married me. <laughs> um, I'm going to say um, A, them obtaining the rights to um, X-Men, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. X-Men, definitely. I think they're going to fold soon. Ralph. I choose D, the second coming uh, of Jesus uh, Christ. That'll probably happen. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Um, I mean, I guess the Fantastic Four, but I really do think that Marvel obtained the rights to Wonder Woman and make a good film of that first. <laughs> yeah, I would, one would hope. I, I would hope, too. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, do vampires belong in a world of superheroes and mutants? Why or why not? Mike. Uh, certainly. Tomb of Dracula was excellent by Marvel. And besides, most of the superhero and mutant stories suck more than vampires. <laughs> well... Well, if there's magic in the world, then there has to be vampires. What if just, there's no magic in the world? If there's no magic, then fuck the vampires. And then the question is, how does that town as uh, fishnet sake stay up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, fuck no. I don't think vampires need to be in that universe. I think they're totally separate universes. I think um, when you have just vampires and then you have superheroes in that world, 
vampires kind of lose their their threat because it's well, I won't even go into that. Go ahead. Not all vampires. It says why or why not, so obviously you have to explain yourself. All, all I'm saying is this: if you have that, what makes vampires dangerous is the fact that you know everybody's normal except for vampires. Everybody's normal except for werewolves. So now if you have werewolves, vampires, superheroes, it's just too much. Just make it vampires or, or superheroes. Don't make them both. Did, did the sparkles vampires ruin it for you? Oh, is the, that what oh, it was? the vampires? Yeah. yeah no, 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 I'm okay with that. They ruined it for you. Is that what it is? <laughs> they, 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 they totally ruined it for me. Oh my god! All right. What is the one thing you miss about the podcast? when there was a break from it. Really? This is a question? Okay, sure. <laughs> Ralph. The sound of my lovely voice. Ooh. Yes. Cap. <laughs> <laughs> I miss stuttering because when I'm not on the mic, I usually don't stutter. So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's what? Uh, well, what Gigi you didn't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't believe any of these two answers so far. Mike, help me out here. Black Doom's <laughs> pleasant yes! disposition. Yes! <laughs> Great, <laughs> you can come to this house again. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last but not least, in your opinion, who has the strongest following? Star Wars fans, Trekkies, who villains? No, Whovians. Oh, Whovians. Oh, excuse me. Oh, yeah, I say Whovians. Or Lord of the Ring fans. Cap. Trekkies by far, by mm-hmm. far Trekkies. All right. Okay. That's it. Oh, okay. Okay. Fine then. That's it. Bye. That's it. That's All that's right, Mike. Uh, I think Whovians have the largest base because it's so international the way it is. But I think Star Wars fans are the most insanely hostile. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They, they yeah. are. Shout out to Patrick. <laughs> and Jazz. And Jazz. <laughs> All right, Ralph. I agree with Mike. Whovians are the greatest, but Star Wars fans are fucking crazy. If you say something about Luke Skywalker to a Star Wars fan, they will cut you. Also, if you've mistaken them for Trekkies, they will cut you. Yeah. 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 Like you would say, yeah, you know, like, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, and they get really angry about that stuff. Now, who would win that war? <laughs> between Whovians and... and uh, no, 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 between Trekkies and Star Wars fans. Who would win an actual war between the two? An actual fight. If you put them in a fight to Tra- the death. Oh, fans? I don't know. I, I, I think I, Trekkies is more of them, because Trekkies was, uh, Trek has been on longer than, yeah, than I mean, Star the, Wars. The Star Wars fans, they reenact those fight scenes, but they do them in slow motion, so I think they just get their asses kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Trekkies don't really reenact fighting scenes. They go, well, they... Look, but they have well, lifesavers. No, that's the Star Wars people. And, that's what I'm saying. And it's right. Star Wars. What I'm saying, why, when they reenact those, they do them slow motion. So I think they think that's how fighting is. But at the same time, all the Trekkies are going to keep reaching at their necks trying to do the Vulcan neck fit, And that's not going to work either. Or oh, reach, oh, reaching for the phone trying to get themselves beamed out. Why oh, is this not working? You get punched in the face. I, Set it on I, stun. It's not doing a thing. I've given her all she's got, Captain. She ain't got no more. Oh, my God. Oh, and by the way, this, uh, this, this, this section here has been... Um, Helmed by the same person that complains about the quick news being long. <laughs> so this is our minute-long section of Geeks on the Go. Hey, hey, hey. My, my five-minute Geeks on the Go is still shorter than your 30-minute. But it's supposed to be one news. minute hey, I didn't with the question. Quick, I didn't think quick news was bad. All I said was it was yeah. a misnomer. Yeah, but let's remember something right now. Oh, here we go. Geeks on the Go is so much better when I'm doing it. That's it. Downright, yeah. Wow. I can't wait to go back in your house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm she kidding. was there the last time too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's she, right. She, she follows me. That's what his ring is. It's a tracking device. <laughs> I'm, I'm buying all that anti um, escape personnel uh, devices that they had in the Batman Robin Damn. film. You know that explains that satellite that only moves when you do. <laughs> <laughs> Can we give Gigi a round of applause, please? Thank you, Gigi, for helping us out with Geeks on the Go. All right. Some shout-outs. I know a couple of people here have shout-outs. First off, shout-out to Gabe. I know he's got a show coming up. What was the name of the show, Mike? Do you remember? No. Uh, the Firebird? The Firebird, yes. 
I'll find out dates on it. If you're in New York, please check it out. Gabe is really uh, you know an aspiring actor, and I'm saying that because he's probably gonna listen to this. Uh, <laughs> Bosch and Cheyenne, shout out to you guys over at the Four Life Podcast, guys. I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna invade that show one day. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make Meanwhile 22 known and start a little rivalry between us and them. But it's kind of hard to start that when you're when you're friends with the guys on the other podcast. No, it's it's not that hard. You just you know, it's a different persona. You're like, fuck you, assholes. I'm here with the big ass sign that nobody can see because it's a podcast. Shout out, shout out to Jazz. I really hope you're doing well. Jazz has been away for us now, what, but three weeks now? It's not long enough however long it's been. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, hopefully he's doing well out there. And shout out to Johannes. Happy birthday, Johannes. It was his 30th birthday. Yay, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. All I have to say is. 30 years old, you're old. Now you have, all you have to look forward to is death. <laughs> <laughs> all I was going to say, you know, 30 is a new 20. Or in my case, 30 is far from 50, which is his age. Well, when, whenever I get to 30, it'll be great. <laughs> wow I guess Mike's age He got so old He hit 100 He's on his way back down <laughs> 26 baby That's where the number is No, no you know what it's it is inversion Mike's is like in a, a car odometer Once it hits uh, 100,000 It just rolls over <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe something like that <laughs> And my final shout out To Big Kev Can't wait to hang out With you Father's Day weekend bro It'll be a good time Shout outs guys uh, Yeah I'd like to Do a shout out to Hopefully my niece Is actually listening to this so, Cheryl, I want to say congratulations on your wedding, and hopefully that you and Aaron will be happy together. Congratulations. Yay. Yeah, that's what's yeah. up. That was sweet. Yeah, I'm a sweet <laughs> uncle that way. You seem surprised. I am. <laughs> He's normally an asshole. <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty, pretty much MFG. Mike is actually like a cool guy. Oh. <laughs> it's like Clark Kent and Superman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something well, it's, like that. Except these three personas, because when Black Doom gets in the mix, then it's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're just calling him like Typhoid Mary. <laughs> <laughs> a horrible 80s character. <laughs> any, any, any other shout-outs, Mike? Or no, I'm good that way. All right. Ralph? I'd like to shout-out. i got to do this. My brother and his new baby. Congratulations. Yay! Yay! Shayla Evangeline. So, welcome to the nice. world. Ah, Shayla Evangeline. Good yes. luck. Congratulations. And um, Oh, there was one other thing I did want to say. Uh, it's not a shout-out, but I just happened to be watching the other day. I was watching Robocop 3. Which is horrible if anyone's ever seen it. If you haven't seen it, you really should watch it. I've seen it. But it's, it's, it's horrible. It's of, the, of the franchise, it's the worst, as you would imagine, being the third one. Guess who was the writer and director? Who? The cat? Frank Miller. What? Uh, yeah. I had forgotten all about that. When I saw his name come up, I was like, that's right. You did write that. You're a horrible. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, by the way, one. Um, You're on. a horrible drunk. Yes, you are a horrible drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he looks crazy. He looks like that crazy old guy. And by the way, for uh, another note for Andres, your life is over as you know it. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> in, a, in a good way. Um, G, shout outs? Was that a threat on the podcast? <laughs> your life's over. <laughs> I'm coming for you. I'm not that mean. G? Let's give a shout out for Abby for being the first live guest on the podcast. Yay! Yay! Not, I, you can't hear it, but there's applause. <laughs> she's, probably, she's probably like that was the lamest celebration ever <laughs> in, in, in post-production it sounds great girl yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know it's the first time we've had more than one female in the room during the podcast yeah we got yeah. three now now we got three yeah <laughs> watch, our, well, watch our listenership well, go up <laughs> more than one girl sweet and the other one's not married nice <laughs> we, got, we got three four if you count the fact the cap is lactating right now <laughs> Funny nipples hang so low, bro. It's got them gorilla nipples. Hey, hey, now bro. I know where my lactation pills has gone to. <laughs> <laughs> 
He thought they were sweet tarts. <laughs> I think they're good. You have, no, you have no idea. I'm trying to aim for the fact that I'm going to have a tan. I'll let the lactating roll down my freaking belly, and I'll have suspenders. There we go. <laughs> wow. And that's the end of our show. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, RT Square, Ralph the Tech, that Eva Gigi, and for Little Riley, this is the cap saying, keep it geeky. And congratulations, Andres, and pull the baby when you can. <laughs> <laughs>